This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm in Diamond Key, Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. U.S. distributes $92 million to soccer corruption victims. Crypto hedge fund headquartered in British Virgin Islands ordered by court to liquidate. Invest St. Vincent and Grenadines gets help from Caribbean Development Bank. Antigua Parliament to debate over changes to abortion legislation. And Mighty Sparrow to be honored with a special day in Grenada. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, July 1st. We start our report today with a look at the weather forecast. The U.S. National Weather Service reports that for the North Atlantic Caribbean Sea and the Gulf of Mexico, the National Hurricane Weather Center has issued advisories on potential tropical cyclone 2 located over the southwestern Caribbean Sea. Formation chances through 48 hours is high at 90%. Formation chances through five days is also high at 90%. Also in the western tropical Atlantic, a tropical wave located about 100 miles east of the Windward Islands continues to produce disorganized showers and thunderstorms. The associated showers, activity, and gusty winds are expected to spread across the Windward Islands later today. Any development of this system should be slow to occur during the next day or so before the wave moves into unfavorable conditions over the eastern Caribbean Sea. Formation chance for the next 48 hours to the next five days remains low at 10%. Bahamanews.net via Voice of America reports that the U.S. Justice Department has distributed about $92 million in additional compensation from money forfeited by convicted officials and associated companies resulting from the government's prosecution of corruption in soccer. The money is for compensation for losses sustained by FIFA, the Confederation of North American and Central American and Caribbean Football, and the South American governing body and various national soccer federations. More than 50 people and corporate entities have been charged mostly for giving and receiving bribes and kickbacks and laundering payments in arrangements between sports marketing companies and soccer officials for media and marketing rights to soccer events. 27 individuals and four corporate entities have pleaded guilty. The Justice Department of the United States last August recognized losses of more than $201 million in the cases, which began with the indictments in May 2015, and it announced then an initial $32.2 million payments to the World Football Remission Fund overseen by the FIFA Foundation Charity. FIFA's charity supports school projects, helps the sport recover after natural disasters, develops women's and girls' soccer, and a FIFA legend program that uses former players as ambassadors. The money was obtained in forfeitures to federal courts in Brooklyn. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that Three Arrows Capital Limited, recently relocated from Singapore to the British Virgin Islands, was recently ordered by the Commercial Division of the Eastern Caribbean Supreme Court to liquidate after creditors sue the cryptocurrency hedge fund for failure to repay its debts. 
The hedge fund suffered major losses in recent weeks due to the decline in the value of cryptocurrencies sparked by U.S. Federal Reserve interest rate hikes and concerns over individual crypto coin and firms. A firm called Tineo has reportedly been appointed by the court to handle the insolvency. The firm's total outstanding debt is estimated to be in the region of $1.5 billion. Following the liquidation order, it is anticipated that creditors will be able to file their claims online, but the process for them to reclaim their assets is likely to be lengthy. Barbados Today reports that the team at Invest St. Vincent and Grenadines had ideas of what they wanted to achieve as an investment promotion agency, but they needed tactical guidance in developing and executing that plan. Their mandate includes forging much higher levels of foreign direct investment, creating the framework for job creation, and ensuring an environment that encourages exports from the Eastern Caribbean nation. Like its counterpart in Barbados, Invest Barbados, it is an agency dedicated to improving the country's attractiveness to investors, providing the necessary information on the legal framework, standards, regulations, incentives, and conditions on the ground to facilitate foreign direct investments. Invest St. Vincent and the Grenadines turned to the Caribbean Development Bank to help them, and the institution is helping them to develop its five-year strategic plan that not only covered investment promotion, but export development. Some $100,000 U.S. dollars was approved for the project. Executive Director of the Venetian State Agency, Annette Marr, conceded that the agency was previously operating without a formal implementable plan for its future operations. Though the project was approved by the Caribbean Development Bank, Small Business Micro and Medium Size Enterprises Unit to commence in 2020, Mark said the pandemic and some bureaucratic setbacks resulted in its commencement in 2021. The executive director said we finished the feasibility plan in September 2021, not in time to get in for the budget cycle for this year. Mark revealed there were areas of the five-year plan that will be implemented immediately. Certain aspects of the strategic plan we have focused on immediately, and we hope to approach the Caribbean Development Bank for additional funding to implement these areas. We are currently going through the proposal to finalize our application. In the meantime, the agency has narrowed its scope of activity and will be concentrating on on investments and export development for specific industries. These include tourism, agriculture, and agro-processing, and the creative industries. Loop News reports that the Antigua and Barbuda Parliament will meet early next week to discuss abortion rights issues, with the government hinting that the session would allow for some altering of the law as it relates to abortion. Abortion has been declared illegal in the Caribbean community, country of Antigua and Barbuda, since 1895. And Chief of Staff of the Office of the Prime Minister, Lionel Max Hurst, speaking on a radio program there, said that Parliament will be meeting on Tuesday to debate the issue. The Parliament will convene on next week. I believe it's next Tuesday. And at that meeting, I think we will have some discussion on the possibility of altering the law to enable abortions to become legal and lawful in Antigua and Barbuda. 
Heard's statement comes in the wake of the decision by the United States to outlaw abortion, reversing a landmark decision by the U.S. Supreme Court in which the court ruling led that the Constitution of the United States generally protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion. Last week, the United States Supreme Court voted to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade case, making access to abortions very limited across the United States. News on 6 Oklahoma reports that the Oklahoma City-based company that rebuilt Puerto Rico's electric grid after Hurricane Maria devastated the island in 2017 is still fighting to be paid for that work. Mammoth Energy Chief Executive Officer R.T. Strelha said that it's shocking to him that it's now nearly five years after the storm and the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority, PREPA, still has not paid them in full. Our men and women that were sent to work on that island did not leave until the lights were on, Strela said in an interview last week in Oklahoma. And we're not going to stop working towards getting our money in the same manner. The mass effort to rebel the island's electric grid Work conducted by Mammoth subsidiary Cobra cost about $1.3 billion. Cobra was paid just over $1 billion, leaving about $250 million unpaid, with interest occurring at more than $3 million per month. That amount owed is now $350 million. Prepa filed for bankruptcy in 2017, but Strela said he's seen the balance sheet and knows the money is now there. Meanwhile, Strela said he is working with members of the Oklahoma congressional delegation to try and get some movement on the payment. And finally, the mighty Sparrow will be celebrated in Grenada, the land of his birth, with a day dedicated to him. Grenada's Spice Mass Corporation announced that Saturday, July 9th, his 87th birthday has been designated in the cultural calendar as the Mighty Sparrow Day. The celebration will take place with forms of virtual and local entertainment and events to commemorate this important milestone. The Spice Mass Corporation said it recognizes the Mighty Sparrow's impressive discography and unsurpassed contributions to the growth and development of Calypso in the Caribbean region and worldwide. Born in the village of Grand Roy in the parish of St. John in 1985, the mighty sparrow born slinger Francisco migrated to Trinidad and Tobago at a tender age, making his mark there as a talented vocalist, lyricist, producer, and entertainer. The mighty sparrow won the Calypso Monarch and Carnival Road March for Trinidad and Tobago eight times and in 1987 was awarded the Honorary Doctor of Letters from the University of the West Indies. In 2015, he received the Order of the British Empire and is a recipient of Trinidad and Tobago's highest honor, the Order of the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. The Mighty Sparrow is a legend, an icon, and Caribbean hero, says Spice Mass Chairperson Ambassador Arlie Grill. His many contributions to the Calypso fraternity, West Indian civilization, and to the world culture are worthy of our highest consideration. As a matter of fact, his life and legacy are worthy of regional and global celebration, he said. The Spice Mass Corporation will commemorate Mighty Sparrow's birthday by hosting a series of cultural and educational activities that will end with the celebration in the village of Grand Roy 
in the parish of St. John on July 9th. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, July 1st. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.